I think you're gonna absolutely love today's episode because I sat down with Lucy, who I found on YouTube about eight months ago now. I was so inspired and moved by her wisdom and her message and stories. And I reached out to her because I felt like there was something about her that I needed in my life. And I reached out and we have now created a friendship. She invited me to join her mastermind. And that is something I personally find so valuable because doing the things that I do is sometimes challenging because I I don't have, I haven't had a lot of friends doing the same thing. So being connected with a group of like-minded women, strong, powerful women who are doing the same things, having the same or similar goals in their life to spread these messages, these lessons that we've learned throughout life with others is just very meaningful and helpful to me. And today, Lucy goes deep and oh my goodness, there are so many things that I want to take action on and release and manifest in my life after our conversation today. So I think you're really going to enjoy it. I sure did. So without further ado, let's jump into it. Lucy, I am so excited to be chatting with you today. I found your YouTube channel. I found a video called Manifest Your Dreams, something that just spoke to me and I watched you and I was just so incredibly inspired by all the wisdom you shared with me, all the inspiration you shared with me and the millions of other people that you've impacted through everything that you do on a daily basis. You are a business coach and a manifestation expert, and you also share a ton on wellness and just living a better life. And I want to dig more into your story throughout this podcast episode, but I thought that maybe something that would be really fun for us to all hear is if you have some fun manifestation story that made you really get into this, that was kind of this starting point for your journey in both experiencing it for yourself, but also sharing this with so many other people on a daily basis. Thank you, Penilla. Thank you so much. And I just want to take a second to appreciate you for reaching out. When I saw the message from you, I was so excited because I already loved what you were doing, like the content you create and the energy that just radiates out of everything that you do is amazing. I love it. I love you. So yeah, I'm Thank excited you. for us you. to be doing this together. This is so great. Um, but what a great question to start off with, because it's so true. Sometimes one manifestation success that you'll then you'll remember for the rest of your life ends up shaping how you continue with your manifestation journey. So actually, my first one is pretty funny. Actually, I was one of those people who watched hundreds of manifestation videos on YouTube to a point where I felt actually pretty overwhelmed by all of it. You know, it's just like, should you try this method or this method or this method? And it was just too overwhelming. But I feel like it was a good place for me to start because I was just in the experimental phase of my manifestation journey. And maybe a lot of people do that when they first start trying to manifest things intentionally, it's okay to be in that trial period where you're just throwing stuff at a wall and seeing what sticks, you know? So on my many trials and tribulations of figuring out how manifestation works, I came across this one technique called scripting, which 
in particular, this kind of scripting involved writing a thank you letter to someone or some being that you would want to thank one day for having made all your dreams come true. And to write this letter now as if it's already happened. So I wrote this thank you letter and I wrote four or five different things on the letter that I wanted to to happen. And I read this letter to myself every single day. That was the instruction. That was what I heard had worked for this other person. So you read it to yourself every day, every night with feeling, with emotion, using the letter to kind of go there vibrationally every single day, every single day, rain or shine, at least for a few minutes a day, you're feeling like you're living that reality now, right? So it sounded like I could see how this could work. So I gave it a go and didn't know if it would work. You know, I tried all these other techniques. I thought, is it just going to be another one that doesn't work for me? But this one started to show up after about three months. The first thing on the letter came true. So this is where it gets a bit funny because I wrote all sorts of different things on the letter, things that I was really quite serious about that I wanted, more income. I wanted my content to start going viral because I was creating content and none of it was really getting more than just a few hundred views, making sure like I wanted my family to be healthy. So I was like manifesting all of these kind of things. And then the last thing I wrote on the letter, I was like, hmm, okay, let me put one more thing. Uh, what should I put on the letter? I was like, Okay, well, if this thing works, let me add that my boobs have grown a cup size. I was like, just in case, like, that would be a nice bonus if that happened on top of all of these other things. So I wrote that. I just love that. Like, That's, I love it. I can't wait like to hear what no... happened. <laughs> and what's key about this, though, is that I wrote that not because I was desperately wanting it to happen. I was just like, if it happens, that would be a nice bonus. But I feel happy and enough without this manifestation. And I will also feel happy and enough with this manifestation. And I think that's a really like healthy and important place to be with any of the things that you're trying to manifest, right? So that was the first thing that came true. I went to a underwear shop with my boyfriend at the time he's now my husband but my boyfriend wanted to treat me to valentine's day so it was february he was like let's go underwear shopping so we went there i picked out a bunch of bras went to the changing room and the lady who worked in the changing room she said excuse me i hope you don't mind me saying this but just looking at you i think maybe you've picked the wrong size i think you could benefit with going a size up <laughs> You know, and obviously oh I always I go for the same size. <laughs> I always get shivers when I chat with you. You have this like, <laughs> there's some like real sparkness in the way that you share your stories. Oh my gosh. That's oh, really? So that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. So yeah. I mean, when has that ever happened? That had never happened. I always just pick the same size, take it to the fitting rooms. And when does a woman actually have the like courage to say, I'm sorry, but I think you've got the wrong size. Like normally someone wouldn't say that, right? They would yeah. just let that, you discover that on your own. So it was a really bizarre situation, but I was like, okay, sure. If you, if you think so. So she went and got the size up, brought it to me. And all of those new bras fitted perfectly. So 
Wow. Yeah. The wildest thing really is that, you know, when I tell the story, it can sound like, oh, and you know, one, two, three, and it all happened, the end. But actually when I was living it, remember at this time, at that point in my life, I didn't know that this technique would work. And I had tried so many other techniques. So I was kind of living in a blur of loads of different techniques that I'd been trying all at once. So I'd actually forgotten that I had written this letter three months ago. So I didn't actually realize what had happened at the time in that shop. And it wasn't until about two or three days later, I was at home and it dropped into my mind. I was like, I, I could picture the words that I wrote on the letter all of a sudden. And I could picture the cup size that I'd written on the letter, <laughs> specifically the cup size. I was like, hang on a second. So then I ran to the bedroom, looked at my new bras, checked the label, and it was the exact cup size that I'd written on the letter. Oh my God. And that was when I was like, I knew it. I did write this. And wow, you know, if this is has come true, then it gave me more faith, more confidence, more belief that maybe the other things on the same letter will come true too. And sure enough, in the three months after that, everything else on the letter came true as well. So it took a total of six months for everything on the letter to come true, but it started with my boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And everything comes at its right timing, right? And also what you yeah. shared about how you wanted this, but it wasn't like you were forcing it. And I think that's mm. something you share a lot. Like you just mentioned how it's like you need to have acceptance with where you're at, but also being open-minded and scripting in your example here, what you would like to happen in the future. I think you've just inspired so many of us to go home today and script like what we want for a future. That's such a powerful story. And something like your boobs, like that's something that, you know, you think was impossible. That just shows how powerful it is. I'm definitely going to be scripting tonight. And I hope that the listeners are going to listen to this and maybe being open-minded to doing that as well. There's also, you just mentioned how like you were new to all of this. There's such power in that. I, in my personal experience, when I first opened my mind up to manifestation and like a higher power believing in all of that. There's something beautiful with those first experiences. So thank you for sharing those with us. That was so incredible. So what got you into believing in manifestation and this higher power? Have you always been into that throughout your life? Or is that something that it happened at one point where you just started opening your mind up to it? How was that your journey look like for you? Mm. If I look back at you know, when you connect the dots looking backwards, actually my first exposure to manifestation, as we call it today, was when I was a child, I must have been less than 10 because I distinctly remember being in our first house and we moved house when I was about 11. So I must have been eight, nine, 10. And I remember my mom telling me about this book. I don't know whether the book was called Cosmic Ordering or whether the book referred to manifestation as cosmic ordering. That was kind of the term that I first heard of manifestation. It was called that, not manifestation. And I remember she told me a story of how her friend recommended her the book and her friend was really enjoying using cosmic ordering to attract lots of fun little things into her life. So my mom told me that her friend visualized that a bird would come 
Like she pictured a bird as like, she wanted a sign to confirm that this cosmic ordering thing was real. And then like within minutes, this little bird came and landed on her windowsill exactly outside where she was. And that was me as a child, just hearing about, oh, wow. So you can kind of put something out there and maybe ask for a sign. And there's something, don't necessarily understand what it is, but there's something out there that can then make these things appear in your life, almost like magic or maybe like a synchronicity. So that's actually my earliest exposure to this concept of using your mind to then see things show up in your reality. Then the next time I heard of it was probably 15 years after that, when I'd been building the early stages of my business and really struggling actually to see any growth. So I invested in going to a workshop, a transformational workshop with a mentor, and he was opening my eyes up to how the stories that we tell ourselves create the reality that we live, you know, because of so many reasons, but mainly because the stories we tell ourselves determine what we notice around us, what our reticular activating system, that part of the brain that filters things out for us. And so points us in the direction of one thing or points us in the direction of another thing. He was really helping me to understand that whatever we are putting the most energy towards is what our brain is going to see more of. And that might be pain or it might be opportunities. You know, have you ever played that car game where you're in the car and you play the game of like, who can spot all the yellow cars or who can spot all the red cars? And that's such a great, simple example of how when you're playing the yellow car game, your brain almost mutes the other colors and your brain is just laser focused on spotting everything that's yellow or all of the yellow cars. And that's actually an example of how our reticular activating system works is that if our brain were to take in all the information and send all of it to our conscious mind, our brain would explode and we wouldn't be able to focus on anything. So there has to be this part of our brain that filters some things out and just shows us apparently only about 40 of the millions of things around us at any one time. This is where I started to learn, okay, so we can control what our reticular activating system chooses to show us by kind of training our brain to focus on the things that we want rather than the things that we don't want. So that was kind of my first adult exposure of how it all works. Yeah. I love that. And then how did you go from that and kind of playing around with that in your own life to wanting to share that with others? Oh yeah. Well, (laughs) I actually, again, looking back, I've had numerous people say to me, have you ever thought about starting up a YouTube channel or something like that? And multiple times I was like, no, can't see myself doing that. Don't think I'll ever do something like that. But it just doesn't sound like my goal. That sounds like an idea that you have for me, but that's not my Mm. thing. It's just so interesting. The timing wasn't right for ages. What do you think that was? Do you think that could have been, was that fear? Was that just because you had had a different vision for your life? What do you think now looking back, the reason was that you said no to that? So my vision for myself was I wanted to be a filmmaker. I I grew up loving making films, like home movies, movies with my cousins, this, that, and the other. And so as a child, 
in my mind, the only way to become a filmmaker would be to be like a Hollywood filmmaker or something like that. Since that dream started, the world has evolved and things like YouTube has evolved so much. So I think when people were initially saying, oh, have you ever thought about doing YouTube? I just thought YouTube was a space for like funny, stupid videos. And that was it. It hadn't yet become this platform that people can spend hours on learning, growing, developing, getting really valuable stuff or really high quality stuff. So yeah, I think this is something super spooky as well. When I was about 16, we went to visit one of my family's other friends and he is a psychic medium, but I didn't really know what that meant at the time. But when he saw me, he looked at me and I could feel his eyes like looking into my eyes, not just in my eyes, but like into my soul. And he looked at me when I was about 16 and he was like, you're going to be, you're going to be on a screen one day. You're going to be doing a lot of presenting. Like, I think I kind of see you as a presenter. Uh, you're going to be using your voice and presenting and being on a, on a big screen. And again, at the time I was like, does he mean I'm going to be a TV presenter? That's not something that I've thought about. And then it was really bizarre when I started getting into YouTube and then I suddenly realized, oh my God, this is what he saw the whole time. This is me literally living that thing, that almost prophecy that he saw back then. But to actually answer your question about how I eventually got into YouTube, I was doing so much personal development myself and I was teaching my team. I'd started to build a team for my nutrition business, my wellness business. And within the closed you know, confines of our private Zoom calls, I was teaching my team all of this stuff that I was learning about mindset, about productivity, about personal development, about how to manifest. And then suddenly I thought to myself, I could share the exact same stuff and put it on YouTube and help so many more people than the, you know, the small group of people who are within my team. So that was actually what was like the springboard to me finally doing YouTube was I was already giving that value to my team. And then I thought, let me just share it on a wider platform. And then after three months of sharing it on YouTube, it just exploded. And YouTube's actually ended up being the easiest and flowiest and most natural string to my bow. So I feel now like I was always meant to do it, but it's amazing how many times I didn't think it was for me. That's amazing. And you just like listening to that. Let me just give it a try, give it a go. And you're so inspiring. I'm, I could listen to you all day speak. It's like giving, popping up so many ideas of like widening my perspective as I listen to you, hearing how things just fall into place when you just go with what feels right in the moment. Also just hearing how someone had told you that he could see you watch, like watch you on a screen one day. How powerful is that? That's so, <laughs> it's so, it, when you hear things like that, it's, it just blows my mind at least. Like these yeah. things are real, like they're real. You have chatted with me about how you built this business and you're very much just like myself, I think an achiever, someone who works really hard, who takes action on their dreams and their goals and like works really hard. But you've also, talked about how recently you 
are starting to play more, more like a child again. And I think that's really cool because I think the listeners can really tell that when you set your mind to something, then you take action on it and you do it. Can you share a little bit about the contrast between those two different ways of living for you and what that's yes. giving you playing around more? I'd love to. So getting into the divine feminine energy is something that I'm still working on. So divine feminine energy, what I mean by that is like, there's this concept that a lot of what we are taught about how to succeed in life is masculine energy. And that's got nothing to do with gender. It's just a term referring to a type of energy that we can use to do things to make things happen. So masculine energy is like hustling, grinding, working every hour of the day, just using all of your energy to make stuff happen. And that can work really well for a lot of people. A lot of our world is built using that energy. But what has been interesting is I've been learning and hearing more women in particular talking about how they're tapping into a different kind of energy, this divine feminine energy, they're calling it, which is more about releasing that tension, not forcing something to happen, being content and okay, whether it happens or not, but trusting as well that things can flow to you, like how a tree grows just like that. It's not, you know, hustling to grow, trying really hard to grow. It just exists. It just bees a tree and it grows. And so much of nature is like this. If we think about how a baby grows within a mother's womb, there's no hard work involved in that, even though pregnancy may feel really hard at times, but you know, it just happens all by itself without us having to slog our guts out. So this is like a whole debate within my own brain when I hear this information, because there's still a huge part of my programming, which is like, but surely we need to show up. We need to take action to create things, right? And maybe the conclusion that I've reached so far is that some things, yes, of course, do require action. Like you can't have a successful podcast without pressing the record button. You can't just think about having a podcast without recording podcast episodes. But in terms of the magic of, okay, so you need to press record to create a podcast, but then what causes the podcast to take off? What causes the mm. podcast to really inspire people and change their lives? What causes the podcast to just build up this momentum that doesn't make sense, that is something that we feel like we can't control, but it just sometimes happens to some people? That extra 10% or that sort of magic on top of the work that we do, I feel is all about our energy. And the divine feminine energy is all about making sure that you're not just burning yourself out and instead nourishing your energy, nourishing your soul, making time to play, making time to care for yourself, to care for your energy, to make sure that you feel 
grounded with your root chakra to make sure that you feel connected to something that's bigger than you, to make sure that your nervous system is healthy. And there's so many ways to keep our nervous system healthy, but one of them is actually having fun, playing, being playful, feeling the joy in life, making time to honor the importance of feeling those emotions rather than just focused on the emotion of work, work, work. It's not enough. It's never enough. You know, that kind of not enoughness feeling is the total opposite, I feel, of play, softness, allowing, flow, and divine feminine energy. Oh, so powerful. I need your reminder of this every <laughs> single day. And I feel like the the tree and the baby growing inside of the belly, like those examples resonated with me so much on like a deeper level than I've ever understood that natural energy growth previously. So thank you for sharing that. That really sparked something in my mind. Well, something, something divine just happened even in this conversation, because I don't think I've ever understood it as well as what just came out of my mouth. I've never <laughs> thought about it so clearly. You know how they say when you have to explain something to somebody else, it helps you understand it better. Yes. But that yes. was like a major example of that where something that was beautiful. I've came. never heard it that way before. But also like you were saying how sometimes I, I've been recently interviewed more where that's not something I've done in the past. There's something really powerful when you have to explain it in yeah. different ways than what goes on in your head, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah, that was wow. beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that's that. That's a with great us. realization for me too. And I think it's yeah. in, the, in this culture, we all need reminders of that. I just previously both shared with you, but also on my podcast, how I like had been trying to force all of this things coming to life. And then I finally surrendered. And then like these things happened. And that's yes. always the case. Whenever I've been hustling, like you were chatting about going into that feminine energy and like trusting that it's going to grow. It's going to come if we yeah. allow it and just release. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing mm. that with us. I was curious. This just came up because every time I chat with you, I feel like you have such a deep ingrained confidence. You are so well-spoken and I feel like you just have this energy around you that inspires people. Have you always had that? I'm curious, like, you know, we all have these beliefs about ourselves. Do you have certain beliefs about yourself? And maybe they've changed throughout your life to gain more confidence. But if some of us out there who someone like me who still struggles to articulate myself, who still is very insecure, I'm sure you have that in different areas of your life as well. We all have that, right? But mm. when it comes to like, sharing and speaking your mind like what are your beliefs about yourself when it comes to that mm, wow that's a really great question so I am very grateful and very blessed that my parents always encouraged me that I could do anything and when I was younger like I distinctly remember learning to swim and really struggling in the swimming pool and panicking getting tired and feeling like I could never reach the edge of the pool. And my mom was there and she was saying, come on, Lucy, you can do it. You can do it. And I was saying, I can't, I can't do it, mommy. And then she was like, say to yourself, I can do it. I can do it. Come on, say it. I can do it. Mm. And so there I was in the pool really struggling, but I just started to say weekly, I can do it. I can do it. And as I said it, I literally felt my body feel that little bit stronger. And 
it just helped me to keep going long enough to reach the edge of the pool. And that was one of my earliest memories of my mum teaching me the power of the stories that we tell ourselves and what an impact they make. Even like in a moment, if you can change the story you're telling yourself right now, that can make a huge difference. So actually, like you were saying, on a daily basis, I have my fair share of imposter syndrome moments, self-doubt moments, fear moments where I start to catastrophize what the haters might think or what the trolls might say or what some random friend of mine might think. So my daily way of handling those very human insecurities and emotions is by talking to myself and going, hang on a second, Lucy, like, you know, what's going on here? (laughs) You know, come on, you're actually doing a great job or this is more than good enough. You know, as you know, I'm just launching my own podcast. And when I had the idea, I just felt unstoppable. I felt like, yeah, I can do it. And then the longer that it's been, you know, it's taken a few days to decide on the name of the podcast and set it up online and design the poster and come up with the episode ideas. And I don't know if you have felt like this before, but the more time that goes on, the more the doubts and the things start to creep in and, you know, obstacles that I start putting in my own way start to creep in. Yes. So yeah, you know, even today I had to have a pep talk with myself and say, look, Lucy, you're overcomplicating this thing. You're overthinking this thing. Just like anything you've ever achieved, the best things happen when you just go for it and let it be messy and let it not be perfect. Your podcast isn't going to be for everyone, but it's going to be for your people. Someone's going to love it. Someone's going to get it. And the most important thing actually is that you enjoy creating it. So I even had to have that pep talk with myself. I love that. Your your own, you take care of yourself. You speak to yourself through those difficult emotions and struggles mm. and challenges and insecurities that come up. And I think that's a great reminder for all of us that right now, if we're sitting and have been wanting to start a podcast or have been wanting to take action on this thing, first of all, take action right away because the voices are only going to get louder. And secondly, we can't avoid those voices but whether we do it or not really comes down to how do we speak to ourselves about it? So thank you for that reminder. I think that's something we all need to hear. The way you said it there, you know, it's kind of, I sort of have taken what my mom said to me and then I'm now almost parenting myself and saying those things to myself. And I've heard people talk about that before where it's like, if you didn't have the privilege of a parent or a guardian speak to you that way, then you get to parent yourself in the way that maybe you wish you were parented. You get to speak to yourself the way that you wish a mother or a father figure would have done. And at the end of the day, when you're an adult and you're on your own in all sorts of life situations, that's often all we have. All we have is ourselves. So it's really a responsibility to parent ourselves in a caring and a nurturing way. I don't, you know, disregard the the privilege I had of having supportive parents, 
but you know, there's always different moments in your life where traumas can knock you sideways. And I remember at school, because I'd been encouraged by my parents to, you know, to go for it and to be enthusiastic. I was that child at school who'd always put her hand up. She, you know, wasn't scared of that and was just really enthusiastic to learn. And the way that that backfired sometimes was I remember other kids in the class laughing at me or, you Mm. know, like whispering about me and making me feel really quite self-conscious for just expressing myself. And then I remember one teacher in particular, she didn't handle my enthusiasm that well. And she said to me, Lucy, just stop, stop putting your hand up. Okay. You need to give other people a chance, like just stop it. And I understand that maybe I was maybe so enthusiastic that I was a bit of an annoying child. Maybe she got annoyed by me or it wasn't helping the class dynamic or something. So that's why she said it. But the way that I internalized it was I thought it's wrong for me to always go for it. That was what I concluded from what she said Mm. to me. It was like, I shouldn't shine my light as brightly as I want to because me shining my light is not a good thing because other people don't like it or it stops other people from learning or growing. None of that's true, but that was the story that I made from that experience. And as an adult, I went back and remembered that and realized, ah, that's why I don't go for it anymore. Or that's why as an adult, I'll sit back and let somebody else say the first thing. Whereas as a child, I had no hesitation. I would just go for it. And so I've had to reteach myself that me playing fully does not disadvantage anybody else. If anything, me playing fully, me shining my light as brightly as possible can only be a good thing for humanity, for people around me, for society, for the world. There's nothing bad about living your life as fully as possible. Yeah. I think it's so powerful that you decided to go back into your past because I think a lot of us feel like, oh, we had a fine childhood. We had good parents. We had all these things. But I think what we forget is, or maybe not all of us are aware of that, regardless of our past, we will always have traumas that are keeping us stuck. And unless Mm. we decide to go back and actually look into what has created these beliefs, we will stay stuck in that. So I think that's really powerful you sharing that with us what would you suggest for someone who maybe is in the mindset that like either I had such a terrible past and now I'm just stuck because I can't do anything about it or someone who's like I had a good childhood so I don't have any traumas and so this is just how I am what would you say their first step should be into creating that self-awareness and digging into these patterns to be able to, first of all, be aware of them. Cause if we aren't aware of them, we can't solve them. Right. But then also move to that next, you kind of shared it, but like, what mm. would you recommend someone do if they're in that situation? Great question. Well, obviously everyone's journey is different and, you know, I don't know how it feels to be other people or to have lived the traumatic events that they've lived through, but we all have a choice as to whether we allow those things to keep us in the same place or whether we decide to take total responsibility and do whatever we can to heal ourselves or break 
the generational patterns of behavior that we may have inherited. Sometimes there is a comfort in playing the victim. It excuses ourselves from growth or success. It doesn't make logical sense that we would want to hold on to a story as to why our life sucks, but often people do because maybe it's maybe they saw other people in their life do that. And so they think that it's normal to do that. But I would encourage anyone who does want a happier life, a better life, a more successful life to let go of the story that something happened and therefore I can't do this or I can never do that. There are no definites in this world in terms of can't or never. Only if we continue to wake up the next day and the next day and the next day and choose that again and choose that again. So I'm not saying, oh, it's just as easy as make a choice, change your life, just like that, get over it. Like I'm obviously not saying anything like that. These things can take deep work. These things can take a lot of therapy. I've been to therapy. I've been to cognitive hypnotherapy sessions and they were fantastic. I've done all sorts of very deep one-on-one work and group sessions because I know that there's always something that I can grow through. There's always something I can heal from to be happier and feel better about myself. I feel like that's my quest is I just want to live a life where I feel good about myself. And, you know, even this morning, (laughs) this morning, I had some music playing. I just got out the shower. I was butt naked and I saw myself in the mirror and I was like, I'm going to celebrate you for a second. And I was just like dancing and wiggling and shaking all the shaky bits. And I was like, wow, I'm so proud of you, Lucy, because five years ago, the bits of your body that are wibbling and wobbling right now would cause you so much pain and anger and self-hatred that, you know, it would send you down a spiral of thinking, okay, you know, how many calories should I have today? And how much exercise can I do? And, you know, how can I suck my tummy in or something to make it look different? And there I was today, like, okay, so there's some bits that are maybe a little bit whatever, but I love all of it. And you know what? That part of me is pretty sexy. And I like this part and I like that part. And I was like, wow, I'm so proud that I'm seeing the same person through a different lens mm-hmm. now. You gave me shivers that has again. Taken, <laughs> <laughs> that has taken work. That has taken yeah. healing and practice and being kind to myself on a consistent basis as much as I possibly can. It's a habit. Everything is a habit. Every belief is a story that we just keep telling ourselves. Every habit is a behavior that we just keep doing. And maybe it feels unchangeable because it stemmed from the earliest days of our life. And some things are super deep rooted, but nothing is completely impossible to change. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That was so inspiring to listen to. And I think we all need to hear that celebrating ourselves and being proud of ourselves and the fact that we can change the perspective that we have on ourselves. I think that's so beautiful. And I just want to thank you for putting in the work for yourself, really 
doing that work that most of us know we need to do, but that we're, when it comes to the end of the day and we promised ourselves to do it, that we don't do it. But you're just such a good representation of someone who does that. And I know you have your off days. We all do. But mm-hmm. but you you keep showing up for yourself. And by you doing that, you'll in, you inspire others. Like today, you've changed and inspired me in so many ways. And I know that anyone Thank listening, you. it's been the same for them. So I feel like we could keep this chat going for hours and hours, <laughs> yeah. but we're just going to have to do it again. We're about to go also on your podcast, which I would highly encourage everyone to go subscribe and listen to because you're just starting it out and you already have a successful YouTube channel you share on Instagram and we'll link everything down below. You also do coaching. Can you can you share a little bit more about what you do? and where people can find you if they want to know more. Sure. And thank you again. I've loved this conversation. So yes, this is the beginning of my podcast journey. Thank you for uh, this experience. It's been so great. I think I'm going to love podcasting because this was just so enjoyable. My podcast is going to be called A Loving Bitch Slap from the Universe. (laughs) And um, we'll we'll provide the link to check that out. And yes, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, those are places where I love to share content. But then business-wise, I love supporting people on their wellness journeys. I love helping people change their relationship with themselves, with their body, around food, recommending the right kind of supplements that can just fill in those gaps that might be missing from people's routines to really make a difference to their energy levels and gut health and all of those kind of things. And then, of course, we've been talking so much today about manifestation and personal development and overcoming those kind of things. So, I do also, as well as helping people with their wellness, I do one-on-one coaching when it comes to manifestation and stuff like that. So I just love to provide a little menu of ways that I can support people and then whatever resonates with people, they can take their pick. Amazing. Thank you so much. I do have one final question for you. So this podcast is called Challenge Your Norm. If you had to give one piece of advice in some way, shape or form, someone out there would have to challenge their norm in order to create a better life for themselves. What would your challenge for them to be, be, to do? <laughs> wow. To look at themselves every single day in the mirror and look in their eyes and mm. smile, just smile at yourself. And some days you might just smile. Other days you might feel inspired to look at yourself and say, well done, I'm really proud of you. Other days you might be inspired to say, damn, you're looking good today. (laughs) Or other days it might just be like, come on, we got this. We're going to get through this. It's going to be okay. I love you. You're doing a really great job. That kind of tiny daily practice that takes next to no time. We catch ourselves in our reflections when we're doing our makeup, when we're brushing our teeth, when we're washing our hands, when we've been to the toilet. Those little micro moments where we could just not look at our face or just look at our face with a sad look. They're opportunities for us to speak to our own souls. And just like we were saying before, you know, be that nurturing figure for ourselves. So that would be the practice I would recommend anyone to challenge and change their norm. 
Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much again for being here and sharing all your beautiful wisdom with us. I'm so excited to be listening to your podcast. This is going to be, I mean, I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast are as well. So yeah. Thank you. Um, and just follow you and continue to be your friend on the journey. Thank you yes. again so much. Thank, Thank you, Vanilla. <laughs> and I can't wait for you to appear on my podcast too. Me too. And for everyone listening, Remember that in order to grow, you have to challenge your norm. <laughs>